0: This
1: is Hey everybody, this is Ricky Rackman from Headbangers
0: Ball. Hey guys, this is Aaron from Betraying the Martyrs. Hey what's up? This is Mike D from Killfitch Engage. Hey, this is Peter Word from Cold. And you are listening to? And you are listening to And you are listening to And you're listening to you are listening
1: to. Talk to me. Talk to me. Talk to me. Talk to me. Talk to me with Joshua.
2: What is up, congregation? This is Talk To Me, episode 222 of the Talk To Me podcast. You see what we did there? We've reached episode 222. It's a great one. We have Dave Ellison and Tom Hazard on the podcast talking about the uh, base story tour, the book More Life with Death, and uh, so much Megadeth talk. Tom actually stepped out of the interview for a minute, so I got some one-on-one time with Dave. And we talked, and we talked to Megadeth, and it was so much fun to see both those guys in Nashville at the Rock and Pod Expo. If you guys did not make it out to the Rock and Pod Expo, you guys definitely missed out on a great, great weekend of fun. The bass story show at the end of the night was was killer. Tom was killing it on vocals. Dave was killing it on bass. The rotating cast of musicians playing up there, all the great Megadeth classics, and all the other great stuff. We're fantastic, so if you guys missed it, you definitely missed out, and we need to see you next year at Rockin' Pod for Nashville, Tennessee. Like I said, this interview was recorded at the Rock and Pod Expo. I did hold it out because it was a little bit longer of an interview than most got at the expo, and uh, I had a lot of fun, man. This is a really, really great conversation with Dave and Tom, and then I added on a uh, interview I did recently with Shane Bottons, the promoter of the Full Terror Assault Open Air. It's early September, Cave In Rock, Illinois. All of the information will be in the interview that I do with him. So we've got, uh, we've got some Megadeth classics, talk with Dave and Tom. We're going to listen to Sleeping Giants. By Dave Ellefson, Tom Hazart, DMC, Daryl McDaniels over there on Dave's solo album. So this is going to be a a jam-packed episode. And we'll also talk to Shane Bottons and check out some Soulfly because the full terror assault open air headlined by violence, Soulfly, and so much more. It's going to be a great festival if you guys can make it out, make it out. Huge thank you to Shane for uh, giving me a few pair of tickets to give away. I gave away those over at the Talk To Me Congregation Facebook page. So if you're on Facebook, make sure you're heading over to the congregation, the Talk To Me Congregation, that is, joining up and uh, getting in on the debate, the talk, the fun. If you guys join up now, you'll see my uh, my great debate I had with a guy on uh, on Instagram the other day about, uh, obviously not my demographic, not my listenership, but, uh, he had a lot of nice, nice, unnice things to say about the podcast. And, uh, it was pretty funny how hard he went in on the show, uh, just because I made a comment about, uh, about Andrew Luck retiring. So you you can't win them all. You can't win them all over. And I just thank you guys each and every week for listening to the show. And uh, checking out what I'm doing over here at the Talk To Me podcast. If you guys can tell, we've got a new graphic. Got a new graphic up there on your uh, pod catcher. You should see that in your, uh, if you're looking at your phone right now, look down at it, check it out. Got a graphics uh, lady. We'll, we'll call her Graphics Lady coming in and uh, she's going to be helping out with the social media and all that stuff and trying to get that out there. So if you see some stuff, comment on it. Say, hey, Samantha. Thanks for uh, thanks for helping out the Talk To Me podcast. She's also in the Talk To Me congregation. So if you see her posted in there, say hello and be kind. And uh, we'll try to keep her around as long as we can. And the things that help pay for, uh, for a graphics department is our good friend Scott Bowling down in Atlanta, Georgia with uh, Good Company with Bowling. Let's Check out what he has to say.
3: My name is Scott Bowling. I have a show called Good Company. Good Company is a show where we film artists in the rock genre and we talk about their first record all the way to where they are now. We've interviewed bands like Korn and Seven Us and Rich Ward. You can find me on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook under Good Company or Good Company with Bowling. So please, if you get a chance, check it out. Good Company!
2: All right, huge thank you to Scott Bowling from Good Company with Bowling. Make sure you're going over there checking it out and letting him know that the Talk to Me podcast sent you. And we are also brought to you by Merch Live. You guys know that I've been in the magazine the last couple of issues, should be in the next one doing some stuff too. Alex and the Merch Live people have given you guys a promo code. So if you go over to MerchLive.com and check out their selection, they've got... The Misfits, they've got Johnny Cash, they've got Pantera, they've got every band that you need t-shirts plus the Dave Ellison stuff, all the EMP label group stuff. So head over there, shop till you drop. That's a, that's a classic talk to me line right there. Head over to MerchLive.com, shop till you drop. Use the promo code toomey 10 that's T-O-O-M-E-Y and the number 10, so T-O-O-M-E-Y E Y one zero 0 at checkout for 10% off your order. Go over there and get you some some Pantera. You always need some Pantera t-shirts. That'll get you through the week. (laughs) Get seven Pantera shirts. Use the promo code 2 10 at checkout, and you will thank me later when you have an entire wardrobe, like myself, of Pantera t-shirts. But like I said before, guys, we've got Dave Ellison and Tom Hazard up first, and then my interview with uh, the full terror assault promoter, Shane. So let's check out some classic Megadeth. Let's talk to Tom and Dave. Let's check out some, uh, some solo Dave Ellison featuring Tom on vocals. Talk to Shane from the Full Terror Assault. And then check out some Soulfly. And then I will talk to you guys momentarily. All right guys, here at the Rock and Pod Expo 2019 with the legendary Dave Elphson, the wonderful Tom Hazard. How are we doing today, guys? Doing well. Good man. How are you doing, Josh? I'm always doing well, Tom, you know that. Well, Dave, first off, how did you get in uh, get start working with Tom?
3: <laughs> we all well, like you always say with the book we have to we have tell to tell the tell the origin story. My words against. Me. Yeah. So um, you know what I uh, ran P, uh, artist relations for PV, uh, the musical instrument company, back about 2002 through 2010. Tom and I met. He was managing a group called Chimera. and They used a lot of the PV products. So I guess that was probably our first moment we met, and then we got um, reconnected back in 2000. I think it was 14. Um, ish, 14, 15. He was putting together a soundtrack for um, a film that Megadeth had a song on, um, the Wes Craven film Shocker. We had done No More Mr. Nice Guy. So as he was putting that together, he reached out to me. We um, I did an interview for him. We reconnected over that. And and then I started producing and getting into some things. And, and Tom said, look, I've run record labels. I've owned record labels. Let's start a label. Let's Let's do this right. And I liked it because for me, One of the toughest things about, (laughs) unless you're hired by a label to go produce a a specific project, I do a lot of spec stuff. I see somebody I like, I take them in the studio, I try to work with them, develop them. problem is when you come out of the studio, now you're walking around the music industry with hat in hand, with your tin cup, begging someone for a record deal. And I thought, you know what, Tom's idea to not only uh, release albums for other people, but I kind of saw it as this could be a cool pipeline that I actually have a way for the stuff that I work on to actually see the light of day. And most recently, our... Record we did together, Sleeping Giants, Um, something that we got to collaborate on musically, produce together, and um, have uh, some executive production um, process with. It was really cool.
4: Yeah, and it came out. Yeah, and then we have, yeah, we got to utilize that pipeline for David stuff. Uh, You know, we have this collaborative record we did, and which actually started out as kind of we have the new book out, More Life with Death, and uh, yeah, the the sound, the Sleeping Giants basically is essentially a companion release soundtrack to the book was sort of how it was framed and how we the auspices that we began working on and on and it's taking on this cool life of its own man it debuted on like 13 billboard charts and it's been tons of radio play and people are really reacting to it they're coming up to the shows now knowing the words to vultures and you know, Sleeping Giants, and it's actually awesome, man, in in Amityville, New York, DMC came out, and we did Sleeping Giants and Tricky, and it was, that video of Tricky has like 40,000 fucking views already (laughs) or something, you know, so it's crazy, and now we actually just finished the video for Sleeping Giants with DMC that's going to come out like next week, and so it's exciting, there's a lot of cool, cool shit going on from that the happenstance meeting when Dave was at PV and and Shocker and the and, and that's kind of in the book you know a lot of that stuff is just the random paths that you go down that lead you to certain things and certain places and here we are five years later you know
2: yeah the one thing I liked about the book a lot was was getting to see that side of. What happens when you're not in the big band anymore? What happens when you're not on tour? What happens when you, you know, you've created this, you know, mega band, mega death, and you're 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 one of the biggest bands out there? and Then all of a sudden, you have to find a job. Yeah, that, it go, it
3: goes dark and cold real quick. And uh, I had a lot of experiences, like uh, as I talk about in the book. I won't get into too much of that. So you buy, so you do read the book because yeah. I think it's a story that needs to be read. You know, it hit me today that just being here. Um, you know, just being in the room is important yeah. in in our business, in our industry, probably more than most, um, because we're all sort of self employed. It's a very entrepreneurial business, always has been, the music and entertainment industry. And being in the room, like we are today at the at the Rock and Pod Expo, just connecting with people, people from past, sometimes very distant past, sometimes some people very recently. I was on some panels with. Um, Today with people reconnecting, connecting, some people that I've been fans of. Yeah. Um, and it's just, you know, the networking aspect of our business. Uh, that's why Tom worked. Uh, we created this PBX, Independent Music Expo, which um, we launched back in December down in Tampa. And essentially kind of partnered some of our concepts in here with with Rockin' Pod and everything. Um, but, they, you know, to, to have a footprint like this, a place, a destination where people come once a year or however often to really come together as a, as a community because for all of us, our, our lives and our careers change, you know, and being in, it doesn't matter how big your band is, um, you know, even bands go through struggles, you know, That uh, and Megadeth, fortunately, has been a band that's been on a o- mostly upwardly, upward, you know, upwardly mobile trajectory from all of our career, most of our career, and um, that is a very daunting day. I did a rock and roll fantasy camp, uh, tour. I've done a lot of the camps. I did a tour, and it was me and Elliot Easton from The Cars, Kip Winger, um, and um, um the guy that wrote uh, what the hell's his name? Um, the uh, Mark uh, uh was his name? Anyway, I forgot. He wrote a big song. I used to watch him on TV. He was a t- he and his brothers were uh, TV uh, comedy act on TV as a kid, and he wrote uh, "Living on the Edge" for Aerosmith. Okay, and um, and uh. Well, we did that tour and someone on that tour mentioned, they, they said, they said, man, I just wish they would let me back in the room. If I was in the room, I could sell myself and I'd be back in the game, but they won't even let me in the room. And that was, this was a big rock star, an icon on MTV at one point. And he, that really hit me because at that point I was not in Megadeth and I just saw this bleak dark right <laughs> this thing coming ahead of me and um mark was talking about being flicked out into the cornfield where the scarecrows and the ravens basically you know pick the last kernels off of your cob till you die this slow death and anyways it, it was really a great visualization of that because um you know that that is what it's like, and it's you know. Then I came back to Megadeth in 2010, and it was this triumphant return, very unexpected. And um, it's you know to come back into the group certainly, I think, made me probably all of us a lot more thankful for yeah, our yeah, brotherhood, yeah. for our musical kinship. Um, but I tell you what, since then, and that's largely what my new book, More Life with Death, is about. Is about the journey um, into a band, the success of a band but just as much when that band ended the things that I learned through that season when I was away from that.
2: Yeah, it it makes for a very good read because you get to truly understand what it's like to be on top of the world and then all of a sudden go, I guess I need to start calling around and, you know, get a resume to get. And like, what do you do with a resume? You know, you're like, well, I was in Megadeth for 30 years, you know <laughs> right. what I'm saying? Like, how do you where do you go with that? And then, you know, getting your shot at PV and you talk about that too where where PV before you got there and I'm not saying it was because of you, but before you got there not always known as the best gear. Right. But once you, while you were
3: there... I turned that around for them. Yeah. You know, Mary Peavy, who uh, Hartley's uh, wife, Hartley being the owner, he is Peavy, um, and uh, he single-handedly, well, he, with a, obviously, single-handedly owns the the company, built, obviously, with many people, but... Um, I learned a lot from him. Um, and Harley, I looked at Harley a lot like myself and Dave, you know, he, that guy had done every single bit of that company. He had built the amps, he'd sold them, he'd done artist relations, he was the accountant, he swept the shop floor, he drove the truck, you know, he did. And just like, I was thinking about that with me and every band that I've been in, we all start at the same place at the bottom. You know, I've humped the gear, I've set the gear up, I've, I've had to, you know, make the flyers and go market and do the interviews and do everything that it takes. And I, and I still do. And, you, you, know, you know, no one is above doing that. And I think with our record label that we have, EMP Label Group, uh, there's a young uh, group that I manage, DollSkin, and I tell all of them, I said, listen, man, if I'm still out here at age 54, 36 years into my professional career, and that doesn't even count, that's starting at age 18, that doesn't even count years 11 and a half to age 18 when I was working the clubs and the ballrooms around the Midwest and doing that, because that was every bit as vital to my career as being in Megadeth was. Um, that if I'm still willing to do this and still getting in the trenches and hopping on airplanes and getting on tour buses and going out and doing this, then I certainly expect you to. Um, And because there are no free lunches here. And, you know. We got a free lunch we did get a free lunch. Actually, I guess if you come to Rock and Pod Expo, there are free lunches. But
2: well, no one told me what the free lunch so was. Fun.
4: David Allison and Tom Hanks. Yeah,
3: but that free lunch also did cost. I it, I had to take a couple of plane flights. Yeah, take a, a couple of plane flights. Be here. You know what I mean? So, but but you know, I think the the truth of it is, is, is um, you know, you can either be driven by your own will or you can be led by your passion. And I think for me, it's always about being led by the passion. And you know, Tom he calls me at 11 at night right as I'm going to bed and I see timestamps at 4 at 30 a.m. from him with, hey, check out this new video we got done. Check out this ad, Matt. Hey, I just had a phone call with a guy. We're going to go do this in August. And, you know, so he's up working all all hours of the night. I'm up usually during the day working all hours of the day. And, you know, between us, that's that's like a good partnership that we have for our for our companies, for our coffee, for business, for our label business. And, base story and kind of elephant Industries, if you will. And the other thing I talk about in the book is having a cheerleader, you know, and Tom has been a, a great A cheerleader for me. Um, you know, I'm in a very big rock group, but, um, you know, the interest of the brand is always first and foremost above personal interests. And yet at one point, like I say in the book, that brand came to a stop. Right. And that didn't do me any favors, you know what I mean? So I learned from that. I learned, you know, I can either sit here and, and either I can be bitter or I can get better. And I think this last chapter of my life over the last probably 15 years has been about, you know, get better. Like learn how to be on your own two feet, be your own, your own solidarity. And then that way when I even came back to Megadeth, I came back— as a much stronger person, and also a much better Megadeth member. I brought more back to Megadeth, and that's what made that better. It's because I I tightened my own life up away from Megadeth.
2: In the book, you talk about coming back into Megadeth, and you talk about kind of going into rehearsals again and writing the writing process again, and you put it out there that you're like, oh, wait a minute, this isn't my band anymore. This is Dave's band, and... I'm just a part of it. So, and you understood that.
3: Well, yeah. I mean, certainly once Dave put the thing back together with the system has failed, he told me on the phone, he goes, We're going to put it back together and it's going to be like it was when I was in charge. And um, he made that very clear. And that right at that moment is when we had our disagreements and we did not come back together. And most of that was about quite, quite honestly financially. Um, but I knew, look, I could continue to fight, or, you know, there's two ways to win in tug of war. You yank the guy over the line or you let go of the rope and someone falls on their ass, you know, both of you he or whatever. Left, yeah. And But but at least, you know, and in that case, you're able to walk away because you have to let go. And I realized that in 2005, 6, whatever that was, I had to just let go. And just it's like, you know, what, let Dave have his thing. Let him go do what he wants to do. Um, and when I came back to it, uh, you know, people all day today have been. How have you survived in Megadeth all these years? And I think the truth of it is, is I know my I know my place, you know. And right from the very beginning, I was there in the room when we cast the vision. None of the other guys along the journey were none of them, except for my friend Greg Handovit, who's in the book. Um, and of course, he was only in Megadeth for about two months. <laughs> um, but unless you were in that room at that moment when we cast the vision and we sort of dreamt the whole thing up, you really you're kind of just coming into a part of a, a story that's already been told, right? Uh Kiko is very aware of that he's especially from the composing point of view. he really understands Dave as a composer. Kiko himself is a composer, as he said he goes, me and Dave both play the same instrument, so it's easier for for me to communicate with him because i'm a guitar player too, so we can speak a common language there um But you know, yeah, when I came back and we, the, the, in particular I was referring to the thirteen album that we were writing. And um, I realized it was not going to be a collaborative uh, process, and, and which was very different for me because everything that I did away from Megadeth for those, I don't know, seven eight years was collaborative. Uh, even F5, which I very much could have just determined myself as the boss, I didn't. I, I saw a communal creative process that if I stepped in and said, hey, it's my band, my way or the highway, that would have stopped immediately. And I, I felt it better to let that play out. And it's ironic because here we released Sleeping Giants album, you know, many years later, and it has many of those songs on it from that f from those F5 days. And you can hear there's a real, there's a spirit about those songs that I think are even in some ways uh even more compelling than the records we made because there was just that communal spirit that we captured on on tape back then
2: i agree and tom the bass story tour that you guys are out doing now getting up and being able to do the songs that you say you were kind of talking earlier about people are are singing the lyrics to songs that you've uh, you've written vocals to i know as much as uh, as much as a partner you're still a fan of dave's you oh, yeah. know? and oh, you know, yeah. Megadeth's one of your favorite bands so Kind of singing and looking over and seeing Dave play. I mean, yeah, how's it's that Especially
4: we play some kind of deep cut Megadeth stuff that Megadeth doesn't really play. And then these songs of ours. And that's funny, man. The Megadeth stuff is super easy to sing. The shit that kills me is our stuff. I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, it's a lot, scre- you know, it's a lot more moderate and screamier and kind of, you know, But but at the same time, I mean, it's you know it, it's it's really cool stuff it's a little different direction i think david's ever done in megadeth or f5 or any of his other but it still has a common threads mm-hmm. to you know megadeth and but yeah i mean like it's awesome i mean the reaction people have had to the songs and vultures and you know sleeping giants and hammer you know i mean it's been really it's been really exciting to see and see people coming back and knowing the words and 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 you know I mean, that's been really exciting. Man, looking over, you know, singing, you know, hook and mouth, and looking over and seeing Dave playing bass. It's like holy, going it's for fighting. I'm like, all right, I can <laughs> I can handle that, you know. And you got it, it really like we talk about in the book, the my Megadeth thing. I mean, so far as I can to so what peace sells in mean, those early eras of Megadeth really were so defining for me, and this I think for everybody. I think for music in general, you know, so to be able to be a even a small footnote in history on that is, of course, amazing, you know. But it's also a new day and a new thing. And, and you know, that that's the thing. And I was going to say this before, when you guys were talking about Megadeth and being back in Megadeth, you know, when you're in something as big as Megadeth, and it's kind of funny, this is sort of part of what Vultures is about. There's always, you know, everybody's always trying to kind of get you to do something, you know what I mean, when you're as big as David is. And that's kind of part of the cool relationship we have is, I keep all the vultures away. You know, there's all these people that wanted to, you know, David talks in the book about just saying yes, and then we joked around, well, just say yes when it makes sense. You know, and I'm kind of, you know, I kind of say no and filter the ship before it even gets to David so he can just say yes to everything because anything that doesn't make sense, you know, it's got to be... You know, you just got to be careful with who you surround yourself with and the people that are around. Because again, just everybody wants to, you know, have a part of something. You know, so again, you just gotta do things that make sense. And I think we kind of do. You know, everything we do kind of makes sense, and it's cool and push. Whether it's pushing the brand or us personally, it's put everything we do is pushing something to another level. Whether it's financially, whether it's from the brand perspective, whether it's from you know what what what, what everything we do. You know, it's a chess game, man. You know, everything we do has some kind of pragmatic purpose to it, you know, and, and, and we don't end up just spinning our wheels, which is awesome, you know?
2: One last base nerd question, and I'll let you go. You did uh, you did Dystopia base first. Yes. No one does that. Why did no, you do that? No,
3: no one. In fact, Toby, you know, when he brought it up today— um, he and I both, uh, I say, you know, look, he's been making records for years on the producer side. And I said, I said, I don't think there's another record ever in recorded history that's yeah. ever done. And he goes, not that I know of. And he would probably know. And um, it's, it's um, you know, we sat down because I came in. That writing of that record took over a year um, and went through many different kind of versions of those songs. And finally, by the time I came in early 2015 it was ready to record chris adler had been here for a month working with kiko and then i walked in and i think if anything it really speaks to <clears throat> the value of uh, i guess certainly the value of me in the band um i think for sure but just as much to um how the synergy that dave and i have together um and you know, and Tom, you know, reminds me of that all the time. He goes, Look, Megadeth is you and Dave, period. You know, and there have been a lot of other people that have come and gone through there. But um, the sound, and I, I felt that, that in the book when I talked about when I went back to Megadeth, mm-hmm. I did some basses in the car, drove over to San Diego, plugged in, like, and press. and we, we counted off Symphony of Destruction before we even hit the first verse. It felt got, ga got, 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 got. I looked at Dave, I looked at me. I looked around at the crowd, and everyone's smiling. We're having fun, and I mean, it just sounded good from the first note, from the first downbeat of that song, and and I think that that really speaks to you know a musical friendship, um, and kind of an unspoken friendship that that there are really no words that can describe that, and and when Dave and I can move down, take, kind of take those turns together. It's kind of like when you're in the car and you're already expecting the turn because yeah, you're already yeah. leaning into it. You know, that's I think me and Dave's musical friendship.
2: And did you see the news that broke on this show about Chris Adler's Megadeth drum kit? Being uh, he got destroyed in that because, betraying the uh, he band. he loaned it to a band he was managing. That, really, they got At- in the uh, van fire. The <laughs> poor uh, Chris because I remember he <laughs> betraying the martyrs as a man. Yeah.
3: <laughs> oh, was, oh, really? No kid. Well, I remember once when he was still in Lamb of God, I think it was kind of back and forth between Megadeth and Lamb of God at that yeah. period, 2016 probably, and their truck went off the road. Driver fell asleep, yeah. and his kit they had a picture of it out on the freeway, all beat up because it was in a That poor guy, poor Chris, and his drum kits, <laughs> man. Yeah, yeah,
2: caught on fire, man. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for taking the time welcome. and all that great stuff. And you guys have a good one. guys we got a shane bottons of the uh full terror assault open air festival for 2019 this is the fifth year anniversary of the uh of the festival shane how you doing tonight man
0: good buddy thanks for calling
2: you know the one thing looking into it i mean it does look like this one is very uh very uh you know not a lot of big corporations behind it so so for how do you guys go about you know putting together such a great lineup
0: well it's you know it's hard it's hard to get get the sponsors nowadays, you know, we're, we're fortunate to have a, uh, a handful of good ones, but you know, we got nuclear blast and we've got, um, you know, another small label failure tapes and records. And we also this year picked up liquid death water, which is really cool. Pretty excited about that. And, um, you know, it's just, it's all basic underground DIY, do it yourself, you know, and, and, uh, you know, stick your neck out and make it happen. That's really what it's about. You know, that's there's no, there's no, like you said, there's no corporate money or, you know, big sponsors back there pushing it really that much. So, um, you know, it was an idea I had years ago and started it this being the fifth year it's worked out. It's worked out well in in the sense it's growing every year, which is, which is a positive thing. The people that come there every year, you know, they're hardcore metal fans. You've got to, you've got to be, you've got to be hardcore to, to travel to Southern Illinois and, and camp and, and, and party for four days and, and uh, you know B Y O B and just you know four days of just nonstop metal. It's uh, you've got to be a, a, a definitely a, a, a special person to do that. You know we always tell people you know come back next year bring a bring a friend, but uh, just bring the cool ones. We don't need the the people you know we don't need the the uncool ones.
2: So when you start putting together a fest like this, do you have to basically do you have to put the word out saying hey we're we're putting a fest together. What bands do you have? Or do you go after each individual band or, or do bands come to you? Is there a, a kind of a happy medium there?
0: Yeah, a little bit of both. We'll, what we'll do is, you know, the festival will get done and then we'll usually start uh, taking some medals for, you know, the, the bands that are, you know, up and comers and stuff like that. We'll do, a, you know, we'll do an entry for that. And I mean, we'll get hundreds, if not a thousand bands that, that, that you know, that want to play this thing. And then, you know, you know, I really haven't uh, a little bit looking ahead to next year. I've, I've got some ideas, but, you know, you just kind of wait and you kind of, you know, see what who's available and what's going on. And, and uh, you know, try to stick to your budget as much as possible. So and, you know, there's there's a lot of people that are that that, that are involved with, with that whole process. You know, uh, we, we try to we try to incorporate a lot of different music genres. It's not all just, you know. One style of music, so you know we. I'll call on some friends and say, "Hey, what do you think about this band?" Or you know, what about these guys or whatever. But it's a process; it takes a while to to go through it. But you know, the main thing is we want to give we want to give the other bands that the bands that are not on the labels or the up and comers a chance to to come out and you know promote their music and promote their band and and you know try to try to grow the scene, so to speak. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, those bands will be, uh, you know, the opening bands are tomorrow's headliners. You, you yeah, you know, you got to look at it like that, and they're always going to, you know, remember you if you if they do become that one band that breaks, and you know, maybe they'll they'll cut you a deal later on in life uh, to come <laughs> back and headline for you. Uh, yeah, let, let's hit on a couple of these headliners. You've got Soulfly, which you can't ever go wrong with uh, with having a, a Max Cavalera around.
0: Right. Yep. For sure.
2: And then uh Violence. Uh, I believe this is their only Midwest show. Uh, so that's, that's a a huge deal for you guys. How did, how did that come about?
0: Uh, you know, that's another one of those things where, you know, violence wasn't really on my radar, radar, so to speak, right at first, you know, and then, uh, I have a, a a friend, a girl, uh, who lives in Chicago, who really does a lot of, helps me out tremendously on a lot of different things. Uh, what's up? But, um, uh, she, Brought it to my attention, and and she was the one. She actually, as soon as the show got announced out in California, she's a huge fan. She got a ticket and actually went to the first show, nice. the reunion show out there. So she was kind of instrumental in in picking those guys up. um You know, I gotta I gotta give props for props to do. So she she was really behind uh pushing that and, and getting it done. I mean, we were lucky to get them in the Midwest. You know what I mean? Because it, it's the only it is the only show, and, and they're not really doing a whole lot of shows. Right now, you know, so it's it's a really rare, rare thing. It's a rare show. So, you know, and it it, it shows because a lot of people are coming just for that, just for that band.
2: And then obviously, you know, Cataclysm Grave, you've got MOD doing a half MOD, half SOD set. And then exhorter. I mean, it's just on and on. I mean, the more I go down this list, the more I'm like, you know, maybe I do do need to make the uh, trek over to Canfield uh, to to, uh, to see this. What is your uh, what's your background in uh, in music? Or were you in a band? Did you you know promote shows growing up, or did you just have a crazy harebrained idea five years ago to put this together?
0: Both. Uh, you know, I've 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 done a lot of shows. Uh, you know, I've, uh, I'm in a band as well, and. Uh, uh you know i've i've been fortunate enough to 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 be in a band and traveling around now for 20 plus years so i you know i played some festivals over in europe that not the you know not the big ones like whacking and stuff like that but been over there and played played you know the, the obscene fest and the death feast and and a lot of those uh festivals like that kaltenbach and stuff and You know, I I, I just remember going over there for the first time, like, you know, 15 years ago. I was like, man, this is such a cool vibe. and such a cool scene over here. You know, we need something like this in the U.S. And, you know, and that was, you know, you're talking back in like early 2000s, you know. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, always kind of had it in the back of my mind. And then, uh, you know, around 2012-ish, I was in another band and actually played at a show at this facility in in Southern Illinois and met the owner of the campground and kind of pitched it to him, my idea. And he was, uh, he was interested and, you know, I kind of thought about it for a few years and then just took the plunge stuck my neck out and tried it. You know what I mean? Gave it a shot and here we are five years later.
2: So I'm assuming that was the gathering of the juggalos because that's the only other thing I've ever heard of happening at cave in rock.
0: Uh, no, actually, it wasn't. Okay. No, actually, the, the the guy who owns that campground, uh, he's been doing uh he does a couple motorcycle rallies down there every, every year. So, uh, that's where I met him, and that's where you know it, it kind of, you know, as soon as, as soon as we we pulled in and we drove around that campground, I was like, holy shit! I didn't even know this place even existed like this. You know, this is this is fucking crazy. You know, and you know he, he his event. That he does, he ha- he'll have six thousand people down there, right. you know. But uh, you know, and and the juggalos were down there for for a number of years, and it just so happened the timing was good where they were on their way out, and I think you know my timing to to pitch the idea to him was was at the right time, and um you know it just all worked out.
2: So getting the campground together, do you find any empty bottles of Fago anywhere?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no no, Faygo, but I think, you know, I think there are, uh, there are, there are some juggalos that, that have, that, that come to that event, you know, cause I, I know that the, 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 the campground owner, Tim, he, um, you know, I mean, gosh, he was involved with that for years and got to know a lot of the people that, that were coming every year to that. So, he, you know, the, the, he'll see, he'll see people down there that have been to the, the gathering years before and, and talk to them. So they, you know, a few juggalos our metalheads they do come out, you know.
2: Oh yeah, there's definitely a crossover there. It's it, yeah. it's just funny that the only other like the two times I've now heard of Cave In Rock it was gathering and now your your festival too, so Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, at least they they showed that it could work, uh, you know, yeah. and you got to see that, you know, uh, in, in a uh, in a capacity where you know you could make it uh, you know, make it your own. Um kind of back to the to, to the bill, what are some of the uh what are some of the maybe the lesser known bands that you're looking forward to seeing this uh this festival?
0: i i think you know people are gonna people are gonna come to this thing and i think there's a handful of bands like you know like uh the skeletor main guys i think i think they're gonna turn some heads this year um there's a band from spain coming over christics i think they're gonna be this is their first time coming over you know they're a great thrash band they're doing they're doing a lot of stuff over in europe you know they're even starting to uh getting on some some major tours and a lot of big festivals uh genocide pack they're going to be they're going to be playing on friday uh you know there's you know there's a lot of other other bands that you know that if you look at the bill you might not you know be like man i've never heard of a lot of these bands but you know if you come out and check them out there i mean it's solid from start to, to finish you know i mean there's there's so many good bands out there and there's there's so many that submit that don't that you know i we're limited on what we can do for, for the amount of bands, you know what I mean? Cause we'll do, we'll do two stages and we'll, we'll ping pong, you know, when one's going, one setting up and we're right about, we're at the max at around 49, 50 bands is really all we can do. So, but there's a, there's a lot of killer bands, man. A lot of killer bands this year.
2: You know, with, with, with a festival like this, you know, there's obviously camping on site. There's a, uh, you know, what are the other amenities that, that people get to do while they're there? <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, there's you know it, it, we we try to make it to where you when you show up you you, you don't have to leave you know there's free showers, um, the camping there's a lot there's there's a ton of I mean the campgrounds it's like a hundred and twenty acre campground so you can if you want to be remote you can you you can be as remote as you want to be you know what I mean and there's uh there's a uh, there, if you want to bring an RV we've got power we've got you know thirty amp power we've got we've got all sorts of food vendors down there we've got. Uh, uh, you know, we 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 used to we used to do um, some contests and stuff like that. We got, uh, you know, a late night DJ, Uh, you know, we sell firewood on site. We sell ice on site. You know, it's really once you show up, you're really you know, you're we make it to where you really don't have to leave. You know what I mean? So. I got it's, it. It's pretty it's pretty convenient because really, you know, it, 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 there's other if you don't like camping, there's there's hotels in the area. You know, uh, you can, you can always stay at a hotel, you know, but then you run into the, the whole problem of trying to get back to your hotel late at night, you know? So, but we try to, we try to do it to where you show up, you pitch your tent and then, uh, you know, just party for four days and don't worry about anything.
2: Nice. And let's kind of break down the, uh, the, the two day, the three day and the four day passes and what all those, uh, what all those give you.
0: The, the two day pass, um, That's Friday and Saturday. It's 79 bucks. We try to keep everything pretty, you know, pretty cheap, you know. Uh, The three-day pass is $89. The the four-day pass is $99. Four-day pass, you come early on Wednesday. And uh, Wednesday is just really kind of a, you know, a hangout day. Get your, you know, pick out the best camp spot or, you know, just kind of relax and just, uh, you know. There's actually out of all the tickets sold there's a lot of i would say probably 60 or 70 percent of the people are coming on wednesday just to hang out so which is pretty cool you know this is the we, we started that last year last moment to where we just opened it up a day early and i it, it turned out pretty well so we offered it this year and uh it, it, it worked out real well so uh it's just a bonus day where you can come out and be low-key and just hang out in the, the bar area we got a dj going and you know, just hang out and, and party and, and, and meet people and and uh get ready for the for the chaos the next three days, you know.
2: So the bands play over three days?
0: Yep. So the bands will start Thursday, uh you know, usually around probably one o'clock, and then uh they usually go till about midnight on every night. So about one to midnight, we try to and then we do an after party and you can uh you can party with with uh Phil the <laughs> feel sativa the, the, the dj till the wee hours of the night man in the morning you know I'd usually sometimes it'll go till 3, 4, five a.m
2: the one thing that jumps out to me is just having this many bands how do you keep everything moving how do you keep everything going on because you know a lot of bands maybe no don't know how long their set truly is and they uh they, you know they might try to you know get a 20 minute set and want to play for 35 you know and that messes the entire day up so how how, how do you keep everything streamlined and going
0: well, I, you know, we we're up front, you know, we sent an advance out to everybody. This is your set time. This is your, this is your, your day, your check-in. So it's, I mean, it's well organized, you know, uh, we really don't have too many problems unless there's an issue with, you know, weather or something like that. But I mean, it's not that, you know, it's not that, uh, most bands are really have been, been pretty respectful of that, but I, you know, I'm lucky enough, to, I've got some friends of mine that, that work you know work the stages with me and help out and try to keep things on you know keep things on time and stuff like that but really i mean most of the bands are you know they're pretty respectful you know they, they know their set time they work it out and and really there, there hasn't been a problem at all with that i mean usually it's pretty much on schedule unless there's an issue with weather or something like that but that's only happened i think maybe on year two there was a little bit of a a delay with weather but not much
2: well, Shane, man, I definitely appreciate you taking the time tonight. Uh, once again, the Full Terror Assault open air, 2019, September, uh, it says 4th, 5th, 6th, and 7th, Cave-In, Rock, Illinois. Do you have any, how can people go and find you? How can people go and find tickets and all that good stuff?
0: Uh, you can, you know, we're on all the socials, you know, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff, and then uh, the website where you want to buy tickets, you can get on com, and uh, you can purchase everything on there. Um, you know, everything's pretty, pretty well. You know, explained on there pretty well as far as what you can do, what you can bring, and stuff like that. So, it, it, it's it's a it's a really it's a really laid back, cool vibe for everybody. You know, I I really recommend if you're into metal and stuff like that. You know, I know some people don't like to camp, but you know, I there's other options out there. I'd say you know if you're read the reviews on there you know we're pretty proud that everybody it's a it's a five-star review from everybody who's been there so i mean it's it speaks for itself i really don't have to say a whole lot about about it i think a lot of people out there are really really preaching it up that have been there that uh that really you know they're, they're all about it you know that's that's their one thing they look forward to every year
2: well very cool man well best of luck with everything and uh thanks for taking the time
0: tonight hey i appreciate it man thank you
2: All right, huge thank you to Tom and Dave for coming on the show, being so gracious at the Rock and Pod Expo. So great to see them in person. And a huge thank you to Shane from Full Terror Assault coming on and giving away some tickets, like I said, over at the Talk To Me congregation. So make sure you are signing up for the Talk To Me congregation. It's free, and we get in there and we debate a little bit every day who's the best bass player. Who's the? What was the first band you ever got into? You know all the fun stuff, all the stuff that you need to debate, and then you also get to see my Instagram uh, battle with the uh, with the guy on there talking uh, talking some junk on my on uh, my podcast. It's always good times over there. Good times, and always if you can leave a nice five star rating, nice five star review on Apple Podcasts. If you can leave a rating review for the show wherever you listen. It would be much appreciated. And if you want to support the podcast monetarily, it is patreon.com slash talk to me. You can sign up for as little as a dollar a month, which had just happened, or you can send in a PayPal donation. What's also just happened. So gracious. So if you feel it in your heart of hearts, send over a few bucks, sign up for it. It's a monthly withdrawal. You won't even know it's gone. I support a few things. I don't ever notice that money's gone for the uh, price of the proverbial cup of coffee. You can uh, you can support the Talk to Me podcast, and you can support me hiring people to uh, to help out with social media and all that other great stuff. So until next Thursday with my interview with Scooter Ward of Cold, I am Joshua Toomey, and this has been the Talk To Me podcast.